Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to the Side Action, episode 13 of season 4. I am Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Eggspool on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast, the Side Action Pod on Twitter. Uh, sorry, Action, I jumped in there a little quick on the, on the recording, so I'm sure we'll get some interesting uh, starts there. But um, <laughs> You were uh, you're in the great the great West here, you know, doing your tour, a little Vegas trip, a little Arizona, a little. I think you flew to Albuquerque. You're all over the place. Yeah, we were in Vegas a few days, like we talked about last week, and then flew into Albuquerque, and staying with Melissa's family for the weekend. So here in Window Rock, Arizona, the uh, Window Rock Studio at Quality Inn. <laughs> well, it looks good. It's well lit. It's well lit. Uh, good. Sometimes I work at those little hotels I, i'm at home back i'm i'm not i've been all over the place lately so i'm finally back at the uh you know the ridge studio the edgewater studio so uh, after thanksgiving so thanks for accommodating everybody hopefully you're listening you know had a great thanksgiving here we are on friday the 26th ready for the action we did have three games yesterday we'll kind of briefly talk about but but other than that yeah i mean we're ready for a big weekend of football and, and jumping in so mm-hmm. yeah three and two last week we wish it could have turned out to be four and one, but uh, Cowboys didn't really show up. We'll talk about yeah. that later, I'm sure. Yeah, we're the Brownies, but uh, yeah, well, let's jump into it. Uh, week 11 recap. I mean, this is actually the first week in a while that the underdogs hit didn't come in as big as they normally do. I, I had them at seven and eight. I mean, still, still pretty close, but they've been dominating. And then the the road dogs at four and four. Still the unders though. Action. Anders, uh, the unders are just dominating. Ten and five last week again. Um, you know, that's in a continued light yesterday, actually, <laughs> Thanksgiving, yeah. for one I bet on, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, road teams seven and eight against the spread last week. So a little bit of a correction, I guess, if you could say that mm-hmm. against the teams and the underdogs. But, you know, the unders are still dominating. And then I had three games this week that actually were affected by the spread, which is a little more than we've seen a week over week. Uh, it's usually like, you know, somewhere in that range, uh, you know, 17 percent or something. But you know, three out of 15 games is more than normal, at least when I've been tracking. Sure. Yeah. Bounce back week for the favorites across the board. Well, not across the board. I guess it was relatively split. Mm-hmm. Um, and you saw some of the home teams playing well last weekend as well. That's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about some highs from last week. Uh, your team, we, we, we picked this game. So we're on the right side. The Colts just went to the Bills and just dominated that team. They ran the ball over them. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Monster game, 185 yards, I think, on the ground. They had 264 in the game. You know, Wentz didn't have to do much. And now Jonathan Taylor is a, a league candidate for the MVP, isn't he? Yeah, it's crazy how he thrust himself into that race after a couple of monster performances. Five touchdowns to – I read that he was in the top three or four of um, fantasy football weekends in all time. So oh, yeah. that's an impressive – day especially against what was a pretty vaunted rushing defense by the bills we talked about them obviously you know not on our lows but i mean the bills just haven't played that great a competition so far i mean they looked good last night since we're taping this after the thursday night games they played pretty good last night mm-hmm. they actually ran the 
but last night um, against the Saints. But the Colts, you know, we talked about it. You know, they unfortunately their, their schedule doesn't get any easier. They play Tampa this week, but um, they've turned the corner. We'll see if they can keep riding that tidal wave into the playoffs. Um, another high was the Chiefs D. You know, we talked about this. Uh, you mentioned Dallas didn't come in through for us. They couldn't get a score late. They were in the red zone multiple times, only got field goals. But the Chiefs held them to only three field goals in the game. They put free throws um, in, the, in the note. But, uh, you know, Dallas had scored two or more touchdowns in every single game this year, and they just really were shot out of the end zone. And the, and the Chiefs defense looked great. I, I'm not sure if it was more of a Cowboys thing or a Chiefs thing, but we've noticed this over the last several weeks that the Chiefs are playing better D. Yeah, they certainly are. I mean, they held the Cowboys to 4.3 yards per play. And mm-hmm. I, as you mentioned, only three field goals, really a very surprising performance. I think it's probably a little bit of both. You had the Chiefs defense that played better than expected, and then the Cowboys offense just didn't look as good as expected. They, of course, were without Amari Cooper on the offensive side of the ball, too. Right. And last night, obviously, they didn't play very well against the Raiders. You know, our, our proxy is very excited about that win for the Raiders, but I'm not sure. Dallas, I think it's coaching. You know, I think that they got a lot of talent. Now, granted, they, they were missing CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper last night. Um, so, but, you know, we'll see how that, they, they got to turn it around. But you know, I'm excited to see this Chiefs team play defense. I mean, this is the missing component that we've seen the last couple, you know, season and a half or so. So maybe that will make in their first place in the AFC now, AFC East or West, I mean. So. Yeah, and now back into the lowest odds on the AFC side of the board to win the AFC championship as well. That's right. That's right. Last time I noted was the Eagles uh, offense. You know, we kind of we're trying we're confounded by this Eagles team. The the Sharps. There we go. We always get some noise over here at the uh, Edgewater studio. Um, the Eagles, you know, have been loved by this, you know, kind of the metric guys out there. We're not quite sure why. I mean, their numbers are getting better, but we're they're facing a Saints team that defensively was great against the run, but they destroyed them 242 yards on the ground there. And obviously, of all the people who picked them, we we laid off this pick, thankfully. And the Eagles, you know, they won kind of going away. I mean, the, the score really didn't indicate how, you know, this game was a blowout. Uh, they, they got within, I don't know, what, 12 points or some 13 points, but it wasn't even that close in this game. Yeah, it, uh, very surprising scoreline. I bet on the under in this first half and full game, which both turned out to be losers, mm-hmm. um, primarily because the Eagles just put up a lot more points than expected. The Saints did get a few of themselves, though, at 29. Certainly uh, a very interesting scoreline in the end by all the points and the yards on both sides. Right. That's right. That's right. And, of course, the you know little preview for next week, the Saints lost as well <laughs> to the Bills. So, they, you know, they're hitting the skids a little bit. Yep. On the lows, uh, it's the Titans offense. You were all over this one action. I'm sorry I didn't go with you. We could have, should have put in the Texans. They, they played really well. But it wasn't really it's a little bit deceiving scoreline. 420 total yards for the Titans, but five turnovers. I mean, they outgained the uh, the Texans 420 to 190 in the game, but they lost the game, you know, fairly handily. But those five turnovers were the key. Yeah, I'm glad that you put that in there because I didn't really see that until I dove into the box score myself. Really looks like the Titans were probably the side there that five turnovers just did them end. Right, exactly. Uh, and then another low that I noted, and this has just been a theme over the last couple of years, and I thought Staley would be better for the Chargers, but the Chargers and big leads, this team cannot hold big leads. I don't understand what it is with this team. Now, we didn't go on this game, and actually this was an index pick for the Steelers, but the 
you know, the Chargers were up 27 to 10 in this game going into the fourth quarter. They were really playing great. I, you know, what we kind of expect the Chargers to be, but we've seen this last couple of years. The Steelers get 27 points in the fourth quarter, including a block punt and a really bad interception mm-hmm. of um, our guy. What's his name again? Herbert. <laughs> Herbert Justin. Um, and so they ended up covering the spread. They lose 40. Uh, the Steelers lost 41 to 37, but they covered the six and a half, which is more important for the contest and so on. Yeah, this was really an incredible game. We were out watching dinner or watching it while having dinner on Sunday night and uh, just the back and forth. There was so much point spread drama in that fourth quarter, too, with the Chargers holding a 14 point lead and then the Steelers came coming back to take the lead. I had somehow got a middle in this game because I had laid the Chargers minus three and a half the week oh. before. And then I took a little bit on the Steelers plus seven right before kickoff. Sure. And so the four point margin was great for me. Look at you, Captain Middle over here. Nice work. The last uh, low was the Giants offense on Monday night. Uh, they were putrid. 215 total yards, three turnovers in the game against the Bucks, only one touchdown. And that was really because of a bad red zone interception or interception by, you know, it was like Mike Evans or something. It was a like weird play and they got the ball inside the 20. So that was the only way they scored. And our guy, the clapper, Jason Garrett, has been fired as the OC for the Giants. So Joe Judge was nary, uh <laughs> he was very pissed at the end of that game. I've heard that press conference. And he, he acted quickly and got rid of the clapper. No, I haven't seen the press conference. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, he was he was like, we all have to do better. We have to evaluate everything. Offense. He paused. Defense. <laughs> So, yeah, the Giants, I mean, we know they're not a very good team, but, man, they look bad. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's talk about some injuries. Um, this one obviously didn't really – I mean, it's already yesterday, but Justin Fields missed the game yesterday. We had the Red Rifle led the Bears to the, the, the resounding victory over the Lions, 16-14 to 14 yesterday. Uh, <laughs> but Lamar Jackson, I don't know what his status is. He had this weird flu, whatever it was last week. Now they ended up winning the game against the Bears but not covering the number. So he's key in the handicap. Where, what have you seen on that, on Lamar? I heard an update just yesterday, which uh, one of the beat reporters, I can tell you who, was hinting at the fact that he may not be ready to go again this week, which I thought was really surprising because yeah. it must take some kind of illness to knock out a player for two weeks in the NFL. And um, yeah. definitely something that I want to read up on more before looking at that game. Right. In that same game, uh, Jarvis Landry, you know, was questionable with the knee. Now, he's really their only mm-hmm. passing weapon. Oh, it's, it, that Cleveland offense, now they kind of failed us in, in the contest, winning against Detroit 13-10. to 10. It just looked like they were just, you know, kind of mailing it in a little bit in that game. I figure they're going to have to bring it a little more against Baltimore if Lamar's playing. If not, maybe seeing what's happening. But Jarvis was the only guy who scored a touchdown for the Browns and a rushing touchdown, but it, he did get knocked out in this game with his knee. Yeah, Jarvis is definitely key to that offense, along with Nick Chubb. But against the Ravens, you're not sure that the Browns will be able to have that much success on the ground. So Jarvis could become even more of an important factor. Right. A couple big injuries. We'll talk about this later in the handicaps. Uh, you know, Green Bay's taking on the Rams this week. They had a rough week. You know, Bakhtiari is doubtful with an ACL injury, which probably means he's not going to play. And uh, Elton Jenkins is out for the year now. Um, 
also with an ACL, which is kind of random. You, you put Aaron, Aaron Rodgers as a pinky toe issue. I saw the stupid picture on Twitter. <laughs> I'm showing everybody his toe. Nobody wants to see that, Aaron. Um, but I guess that's why that line is moving towards the Rams. I was originally on the pack, but um, mm-hmm. that was yeah, definitely. I think it has to do with Aaron Rodgers more than anything. I think it's pretty clear he's going to play, but um, was hobbled last week, evidently, and it looks like he's still going to be dealing with this toe injury. And Aaron Jones is still out, too. Remember, we talked about that last week. Okay. He's obviously a key component of their offense, too. I mean, they still scored a lot of points against Minnesota, even with the hobbled Rodgers, but True. we'll see. Um, your guy for the Colts, Quentin Nelson, came up questionable with an ankle injury, and that's obviously he's key. You know, him coming back and the rest of the offensive line has really helped Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. So, you know, they're facing that really difficult rush defense in Tampa this week. Have you seen any new reports on Nelson? No, same as you've written here, questionable was the latest I've seen. So certainly something to watch. Okay. A couple other ones uh, for the Chargers. You know, I watched that Monday night. Asante Samuel Jr. is questionable with a you know, concussion, and he obviously was getting picked on in that game a little bit. Um, Leonard Floyd is is also out of the concussion or in the concussion protocol for the Rams in that Rams um, Packers game. So we'll see what happens here. He's questionable, and you're going to get it. You're going to get your what you wanted. You you wanted uh, Zach Wilson back for the Jets. I know that. I mean, the Michael White era is over. The Joe Flacco era has nearly started, and now he's he has. They both have COVID. So you're going to get your Zach Wilson Wilson start this week. Yeah, it's kind of funny that they brought in Joe Flacco and then he just got most of the quarterback room sick. So obviously that was a mistake. And uh, the Jets actually played pretty well last weekend, though, behind Flacco. I was surprised by that performance. But uh, back to Zach Wilson, who I I think it's the right call. He certainly gives them the best chance to win, although I'm not sure they're really interested in winning. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. The last one, which I think is important, is T.J. Watt for Pittsburgh. He missed the game on Monday night. Um, he's questionable with his hip injury. That defense isn't as good with him off the field. I, I mean, it's. I'm sure there's other injuries. I heard you know make a pick Fitzpatrick as well. I don't have it on here, but they really this vaunted defense from a year ago is not the same. Um, T.J. obviously the, being the primary pass rusher, but they they're not stopping anything right now, run or pass. No. No, they're not very overrated. They're 25th ranked for DVOA and uh, 26 against the pass. So definitely not the same Steelers defense we're accustomed to. Right. Well, let's go over the ratings action. The Wegs index isn't uh, incredibly different, but, you know, you'll see, I can see DVOA is finally catching up to the Wegs index here. We yeah. got the, uh, the, the Bills first, Cardinals second. I got the Bucks third, Patriots fourth, and it's close there. Uh, Cowboys, this is before the game last night. Uh, Colts, then Rams. Uh, DVOA looks like pretty similar. Bucks cards, but you got, okay, Patriots hit three. I knew they were coming up. Yeah. Uh, your Cowboys hit four, Bills, and then Rams. So, uh, obviously, the Patriots are shooting up like a rocket. Yeah, yeah, the Patriots are looking better every single week. And it's it's kind of funny that finally DVOA has caught up to the legs index and the Patriots. That's right. What about the Colts? Where are they on the DVOA? Do you have that up? Um, let me pull up the team. I think I they're in the, certainly in the top ten. Um, mm-hmm. let's see if I can get it to load here. Eight. Yes, yeah, so they're right out the cusp. They're right there. I mean, they've been playing great. 
and we'll send to the top opponent this week. So we'll San see. Francisco is still up there too at number seven. That still surprises me. <laughs> and yeah, then they uh, really well last week, and, and they have played actually two weeks in a row. We'll see if they can win. We'll talk about that in a minute. Well, let's go over the lines for Circa. You know, they came out yesterday. We're, we're taping a little bit later than normal uh, because of the holiday. So I don't know if we'll skip the first three games. You want to talk about these? I kind of mentioned a little bit on these first three games. You want to talk about them at all? No, I don't really think there's much to say. The Bears got their win. The Lions lost again. Um, certainly the Raiders' performance was surprising in my mind. I don't know. Yeah, any, um, and then the Bills came out and played well against the shorthanded Saints team. Right. I mean, let's face it. Uh, I told our proxy that's probably the last win Vegas will have this year. I mean, they played great. I, they haven't scored points at all this in you know, the last three, four weeks, and now all of a sudden they went gangbusters. You know, Dallas didn't look ready to play. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be interesting if the Lions. You know, they've had the worst season in NFL's history at 0 16, and they're on track for an 0 16 and one year. Yeah. Uh, so wow. Hopefully they get a win just for the tortured fan base. <laughs> well, let's talk about this, the big game. So the first one around the card is really, really an important game. And the Titans are going to New England. Obviously, the Titans are, are struggling with some injuries, but New England opened as a two and a half point favorite at home, 46 and a half point total. There were six and a half in the contest and seven across the board, really, when you look at it out there with the 43 and a half point total. So the totals ticked down. This is probably right. I mean, I, I have them. I do like New England in this game only because. I look at the – I got him as an eight-point favorite. I'm interested to hear what you have to think. That it looks like Circa's taking a stand that the Titans will get bet, or maybe they'll keep him off the seven. Is that what you're thinking with this line? Yeah, interesting choice by six and a half because there are still a couple of sevens that are out there, mostly mm-hmm. offshore, it looks like. And one place has five and a half now. So, I mean – it's tough. It's a tough game because on one hand, the Patriots are playing really well, but you also have a Patriots offense who isn't really prolific and putting up tons of points either. So right. it's really hard to think that they're going to cover such a large number on a, a pretty, you know, at a 53% basis. And right. So I do like the Patriots too, but I think it's just really tough to lay that number of points in this game. Tennessee and Rabel has also had Belichick's number the last two meetings. They've right. covered twice and won as uh, underdogs. So right. what's what your about, thought? Well, a couple of things I wanted to bring up on the podcast. I've heard, you know, listen to Eason regularly. I don't know if it's Applebaum or one of these guys, one of these metrics guys has been talking about this trend this year on when you have a team that didn't cover the spread against a team that did, mm-hmm. the team that didn't cover the spread wins at like a 70% clip on that following week. Yeah. This is one of those matchups. Um, certainly the metrics tell me that the Patriots are the better team. This is an appropriate line, if not short. Um, I agree with you. I, I mean, we've kind of talked, I know you love Mac Jones. I think he's playing great for a rookie, but he's not doing much. Mm-hmm. This defense is scoring a defensive score every, every week. I mean, that's, it's boosting their metrics, especially on the, you know, the point scoring side. So at some point, they're going to hit a dud, and I don't know. I mean, the Titans' defense has actually played pretty well of late. So I think this, you know, the, the total going down is indicative to me that, yes, it's going to be a lower-scoring game. So using the old, you know, conjuring action from past seasons, 
six and a half, seven points, pretty big spread for a low total game. I, I'd probably stay away even though the metrics tell me to take the Patriots. Yeah. I'm just not so sure on the other side that Tennessee is going to be able to score much, if at all, against the New England defense. They're, they're now right. second ranked in DVOA. And we've seen the last several weeks that Tennessee can't do anything on offense without Derrick Henry and Julio Jones. Right. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Well, for now, let's pass. We, maybe we can talk myself back into New England, which I have them as a pick. So, I mean, it's kind of one of these things, you know. That's fair. I, I think we should highlight New England and yellow, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, something we could dig into a little bit more, see if they have some sort of matchups on that offensive side. Right, right. And now we only have 12 games to pick from, right? So we've got to yep. pick. I have it 12. Okay, so the next game is a humdinger. Uh, it's, you know, your Jets uh, going to Houston, you know, Houston getting their big win. You know, Tyrod Taylor, I mean, the guy's what, uh, two and two, or maybe because he's two and three as a starter now. Oh, two and two, I think, as a starter. Sounds right, yeah. Um, so Houston opens as a three point favorite at home, 46.5 point total in the contest. It's two and a half, uh, 44.5 point total. I mean, I just had this as the appropriate line. I know that, um, you know, it seems like the Texans are playing better, but you never know. The Jets could get a boost. I mean, you know, it's I don't think Zach Wilson's a great player, but you'd think that there'd be a little bit of juice for him coming back. He's seen these other guys play well. I think he's going to play as better in one of his better games this year, to be honest with you. So I'd like to stay away in, in this crap fest personally, but <laughs> what's your take? Yeah, I I agree. I, I think on one hand it's tough to see a Houston Texans team favored in that sure. game, but then on the other side it is the Jets, so maybe it is appropriate. I you know I I just don't know what to expect from Zach Wilson coming back after the long layoff. Right. And uh, on one hand you would expect that he's going to bounce back and play well, but when looking at the metrics, the Houston Texans defense has actually been rising in the numbers, they're 10th ranked in DVOA. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the one unit in this game that has an advantage over the other three. So right. I don't think I would want to lay it with Houston. And I agree, it's probably a pass. Right. I mean, Lovey Smith, I mean, he can coach defense. I mean, mm-hmm. he throws a crazy beard, but uh, he, he can coach defense and he's got those guys playing hard. So. All right, let's jump jump to the uh, you know the sharps or the the metric guys, darling. The Eagles go to the Giants. Uh, the Eagles open as a three point favorite on the road, forty six and a half point total. It's three and a half in the contest, even though the market's about three, forty five and a half point total. So not a lot of move on the total there. You know, at first blush, you, know, you got to take the Eagles right because they've been playing great. But this is a divisional matchup. That hook, the number is a bad number. Uh, we know that. It's not a great number. But they still show up to me in my metrics. I've got them as a five-point favorite, even though they're on the road. Um, so they're much better than the Giants. But, I mean, I don't know. You think removing the offensive coordinator is going to help this offense? I mean, this Eagles defense is decent, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, Philly, top half, 18, right, defensively. Mm-hmm. I do think, though, that firing Jason Garrett ultimately is going to be a good thing for the Giants. They're now, Freddie Kitchens is now coming in to call plays, and we saw how successful they were when he coached the Browns several years ago. And I think that he's going to bring in a little bit of tricks to this offense, which might actually give them a boost this weekend. So I'm kind of following in line with you. I think that there's some value on the Giants, especially at this number. It's also going to be a very contrarian play 
you've got the Eagles that are high flying and we see money come in on them every week. So I think the Giants are going to be pretty low picked. Yeah. And another one of those matchups that, you know, the Eagles covered, the Giants didn't, mm-hmm. you know, this mm-hmm. is 7%, whatever. And I don't like to chase these kind of crazy trends, but I thought about it this week. <laughs> I was looking at some of these matchups. So let's, yeah. we can put yellow on the Giants. And I was going to add to Saquon Barkley, obviously still coming back from that injury. And I think he mm-hmm. had like 10 or 12 carries last week, partly due to the game script, but you've got to figure he's going to continue getting healthy every week. Yeah, they got to give him the ball. I mean, Daniel Jones is not good. They've got to feature him more. they got to use him like Carolina uses McCaffrey. You just have to get him involved in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, here's a big matchup in the 1 o'clock window. This is Tampa going to the Colts. Um, you know, Tampa opens a three-point favorite on the road, 52-point total. Really hasn't moved from there, contest and across. It's still three all across the board in the contest and um it's up to you know between 52 and a half 53 point total so it's ticking up a little bit i mean i like the Colts still i think that it's a little strange i mean and the bucks are certainly going to turn the corner i think that they showed it on monday that they can they can buckle down and play but this is a matchup of you know two really good teams it's gonna be a great football game i don't know why the bucks are this favored i think that the number's probably a little inflated i'm not sure why just a a Brady factor, but that's why I wanted to know about Nelson. I mean, are we going to, because that, I mean, are they going to be able to run the ball against this team? The Colts? You know, I mean, you've seen a little bit of success against Tampa running in the running game the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks. I think Washington had some success and the week before that, New Orleans Saints had some success, success on the ground. Sure. Um, I know that uh, one of the one of the defensive tackles has been out for the Bucks, whose name is escaping me now, and I, I believe he's set to return this week. Um, okay. Vea, Vita Vea, yeah, and so he's, that, mm-hmm. he's certainly a major factor in their run defense. But sure. I do think, despite Quentin Nelson, and, and I have every expectation that he's going to play this weekend. By the way, I think that the Colts are going to be able to have some success on the ground, and it, at the very least use the play action game and put the ball into Carson Wentz's hands and attack what is a pretty weak secondary for the Bucks. Oh, so yeah. I think that I expect a big game out of the Colts passing attack too. And um, I like the Colts quite a bit. You also have seen a Bucks team that has been really dominant at home, but they are mm-hmm. over against the spread on the road this season. Um, it's true. 0-6 or 5 by my count here. And mm-hmm. uh, a lot of those games were as favorites, obviously. So I think that um, catching points with the Colts at home is a good bet. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what's the now? The Colts had given up a lot of def- uh, passing touchdowns, and obviously that's kind of a strength really this year. Um, I mean, Gronk looked good last week. I don't think Antonio Brown's playing again, but maybe he's back. I'm not sure. So, I mean. Has the Colts defense, the, the passing defense, gotten better? Because, I mean, it's it was getting torched for a while there. Yeah. I mean, they have used a couple of big interceptions last week against Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Um, Rocky Sin had a good one. And uh, Zeta Rhodes, I think, has been playing a little bit better the last several weeks. They do. Okay. They definitely miss Blackman, though, the secondary safety. There's no doubt about that. But I do think that they right. are playing better the last several weeks. Okay. Well, I'm comfortable putting this a green action, but if you want to talk me out of it on Saturday, that's fine. We're both on yeah. this side, so we love the Colts. I got my Colts jersey. I'm going. I'm going to the foreshadows today. Uh, you know, pay homage to the Colts bar. <laughs> nice. No, I like the Colts a lot too. I don't have any intent of talking you out of it, but certainly injuries could change that come Saturday. Right. 
Okay, another another wonderful game on the card. This one should have been shipped to uh, London, by the way. Uh, Atlanta is going to Jacksonville. Uh, Jackson, it opened as a pick, uh, 48-point total, and it's really still at a pick in the contest. But you're looking at, you know, two and a half for Atlanta on the road here. 46-point total, roughly, it's gone down. So what's going on? What's driving this number? Because I do have the Jags actually better in the index, not by much. I mean, they're very close. So what's making this number go from the pick to two and a half? I think I saw at Rivers, it's one and a half this morning. So there's some love, you know, obviously going on Atlanta. I don't, what's the story? I think it's Corderell Patterson. Okay. Um, he didn't play last week on Thursday night against the Patriots, and it was pretty evident that the Falcons missed him offensively because that allowed Belichick and the defense just to focus on Pitts, and that sure. was all she wrote. And uh, with Patterson in the lineup, he has been extremely dynamic, both running and catching the ball out of the backfield. And I think if he's in the lineup, it really gives the Falcons offense another edge, especially against the Jaguars. And I'm guessing that's the major move in the in the number. Hmm. Do you really think he's worth like one and a half to two points? Yeah. Yeah. So at least this season and on this football team, definitely. Because so you think there's value in Atlanta? I do. Yeah. I like the Falcons a lot in this game. Um, I think their offense is set up to have some success against the Jaguars. Hmm. You put it as a yellow. I don't know if you can talk me in. Okay. I, you know, these bad teams. I know the road teams have been dominating, so that kind of is the only reason why I'm gravitating toward it. But, you know, yeah. Jacksonville's played good the last three weeks. They're playing pretty good. I mean, yeah. they're not getting torched anymore. They're playing better defense. I think they've kind of controlled the offense a little more. They're competitive, but yeah, I hear you. The I mean, Niners put a hurting on them last weekend, but uh, a couple sure. weeks before that, they did play tough. Yeah, last week was – the Niners, that was their coming out party. But, I mean, they're a much better team than Atlanta, I think. Um, okay. Okay, so next game, Carolina-Miami. Uh, Miami's riding a winning streak here, but they're they're at home hosting Carolina. Carolina opened as a one-point favorite on the road. 44-point total. It's two points in the contest. Anywhere between one and a half and two on the market. 42-and-a-half-point total, so that it's ticked down. This is going to be a slugfest. You know, Cam Newton did play pretty good last week against um, – Washington, even though they lost, I'd be on Carolina here. I know it's, uh, I don't like the two. I like the one, but it's really about the same number, right? Action. It's not a big difference there. Mm -hmm. Not sure about your take on it. Do you think that Miami has an answer for, you know, the run game of Carolina? And obviously they got to score against Carolina's good, you know, off defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough in this game because I don't really know what to expect out of Newton. You didn't, really see him throw it all that much last week and right i think that uh <clears throat> the dolphins coach as a disciple of belichick's will probably take a page out of his defensive playbook and try to find some ways to stop that carolina running game sure um, however though mccaffrey is obviously a big game changer there and on the flip side i agree with you though i think that the carolina defense is set up to have some success against miami's offense and um, to be honest, I don't really have an opinion on this game. I, I would probably just chalk it up as a stay away. Okay. But if you have some conviction on the Carolina Panthers, you certainly could talk me into it, I would guess. Well, it probably won't be a highly picked game. True. That's true. <laughs> but uh, to your point, I mean, like, do I trust Carolina more than Atlanta? I do. Yeah. You know, even though Jacksonville's a dog. I mean, they're, they're not good, right? But – I just kind of feel like Miami, even though they played good against Baltimore, I was kind of a, an outlier. 
they put played good the last three games with Tua back, but I don't know if they played anybody, right? They're not mm-hmm. playing great teams. I'm not saying Carolina's great, but they're kind of in that middle tier where they're good enough against certain teams. And I do think Cam makes a difference. I just think he's just – he gives them that physicality that they yeah. can be on offense, especially around the goal line, and a good compliment to to McCaffrey, really, because McCaffrey's obviously finesse and speed, and you've got – they can run different things with Cam. You're right. He's got to throw the ball better, but um, I don't know. Do you think so that – do you expect that Cam is going to see some improvement week in and week out over the next several weeks? Uh, improvement. <laughs> well, if he faces like a Belichick defense, mm-hmm. no. Right? If he yeah. faces somebody, I just don't think Miami has that kind of defense. They, yeah. they last year were so good at turning the ball over, but they were a bend but not break defense. This year, I mean, yeah, they, they all out blitzed, um, you know, Lamar Jackson. Jackson on Thursday night, and that worked. Maybe that can work against Canley. You can't throw the ball. I'm not sure. But I think the weapons that Carolina has on the outside are much better, you know, than the Ravens, for example. DJ Moore and Anderson are better, plus you can get McCaffrey out of the backfield. So um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, like, strongly convicted on the Panthers, but I just – they're on they're an index pick, actually. Okay. Index. Okay. <laughs> well, let's highlight it. We can talk about it some more in the morning. Sure, sure. All right, so a last game, the one o'clock window. Pittsburgh's going to Cincinnati. Cincinnati uh, you know, got a win, a big win at the Raiders last week. They open as a four-point favorite at home, forty-six and a half point total. It's four and a half in a contest, not too much more. Forty-five point total. Weird game, right? This divisional game. You know, we know Tomlin's good against you know as a dog. I don't love this number, but the Bengals on paper are better than the you know than mm-hmm. the Steelers. But are they four and a half points better? I don't know about that. Yeah, you see now some three and a halfs that are popping up in the market too. So it looks like there is some money coming in on the Steelers side. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have a really hard time betting on the Steelers. I, I have really yeah. no interest in taking that side at all for the contest purposes. Do you think right. that if TJ Watt is ruled out though, that could sway your opinion a little bit? You know, and full disclosure, the Bengals are an index pick. If I follow the okay. index blindly, I mean, they're, it's a light line. You know, it's like supposed to be seven in my view, you know, I mean, six or seven. But, like, you know, to me, I'm like, dude, I just – it's a divisional game. You know, under these divisional road dog, this is the this is the apple bomb theory. This is a good yeah. for the Steelers because of the divisional road dog. And – they, as bad as they were you know, defensively, they covered last week against the Chargers on the road. So True. this is a, this is classic Tomlin, you know. So I'm okay to stay away from it, though, uh, not to get on the wrong side if we want to. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cincinnati did get them in the first game this week or this year in Pittsburgh. So uh, and they, it looks like they beat them last year at home as well in the la- in the previous meeting, covering a 14 and a half point spread. So. Um, maybe the Bengals have something against the Steelers, but I, I am with you though. It, four and a half is just a tough number to take. Right, right. Well, let's jump to the four o'clock window. We've got the Chargers against Denver. Uh, Chargers open as a two and a half point favorite on the road, 48 point total. They're now a three point uh, favorite in the contest, even the market's still about two and a half, and it's still around that number, 48, 47 and a half point total. Explain me this one, Action. Are we? Is there a change of quarterback for Denver? What's going on? Denver, 
And I don't love Denver. Don't get me wrong. I'm, my dad loves Denver. He came here with his Peyton Manning jersey. Dude, you grew up in Chicago. What do you know? But um, Denver's better on paper than the Chargers. I, I don't. I, I love the Chargers. You know, I I love that. You know, just in general, I, I like Staley. But you know, Broncos defense is pretty good, and they played fine without Miller. Their offense isn't great, but they're at home. That's got to be an advantage. This is a little bit of a strange line for me. Yeah, it does seem kind of strange. I haven't seen any news on Bridgewater the last time they played. I think they were on bye last week. And mm-hmm. the week before that, obviously, there was a lot of commotion in the media about how Bridgewater shied away from the tackle on that interception return and what have you. <laughs> but I don't think that there was any question about whether or not he's going to start the next game. Right. So, I'm with you. I think that there's a lot of value on the home underdog Broncos in this game, specifically from a defensive standpoint. I, yeah. They've been playing really well. They are rushing the quarterback even without Chubb and Von Miller. And I, I think at home that uh, they play tough. And you have Bridgewater in his familiar underdog role too. So I, I like the Broncos in this game. Yeah, me too. I, I haven't. They should be favored in this game. I, I don't understand. Like the metrics. Besides the eye test, you know, you love Herbert. I mean, guys, it right. throws a beautiful ball, and, and they got so many weapons and all, yada, yada. But that defense, there's something wrong with that defense. You know, Staley's a really good coach. You know, they were talking – did you watch the telecast on Monday night or you were traveling or something? No, right? we were watching it, but not the audio. They were really talking about how the Chargers basically allow you to run the football. Mm-hmm. They're like, go ahead and run because we just don't want to give up – 10 yards will give up four yards, you know, on a, on a run. And in the end, it makes, it flips the the time of possession, right? They, they're almost never possessing the ball more than the other team. And so it puts Herbert in a position where he's got to be a hero maker. He's got to make big plays, and he usually does. They've got great players. But Denver's one of these teams that, you know, steady Teddy, you know, can can just grind it out. They got good running backs. I, I really like Williams in this game. Yeah. Yeah. You're a fantasy guy. So yeah, I'm all over the Broncos here. All right. Let's let's color it green. I like it too. I, I agree that the Broncos running backs are in for a huge game this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got uh Minnesota going to San Francisco. Uh San Francisco coming off the big win against the Jags, and Minnesota had the big win against the Pack. Uh, San Francisco opens it as a two and a half point favorite at home, 48 point total. It's three in the contest, which is about the market, 48 and a half to 49 point total. Can the Niners a win at home? Can they, <laughs> right? <laughs> and B cover a number. I don't know. Like the 40, this, these teams are very even in the index for me. So it's 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 kind of more of a pick. So getting three or laying three points is a lot. Yeah. Um, but maybe San Francisco's turn the corner. Kittle is back. You know, that's a big offensive boon. Debo Samuel's playing great. Um, I'm not sure what to make of this game, actually, is, is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know on one hand that Santa Clara has, like, zero home field advantage for the Niners. Sure. So if you're showing that they're, the teams are pretty well even on a neutral field, then getting three points with the underdog Vikings seems like a slam dunk to me just by the math. And, right. Um, I, too, like the Vikings. I think that they really had their coming out party last week against the Packers, which has mm-hmm. a pretty overrated defense in their own right. And I think sure. the Niners' defense is still overrated. So I I believe that Kirk Cousins and team are going to have a big game on Sunday. 
And uh, I think their offense has really been picking up the pace the last several weeks. You've seen Dalvin Cook get pretty healthy. And uh, Jefferson and Thielen are doing their thing on the outside. Right, right. Should be a fun game. Um, I think both teams will probably score. So I'm surprised the total hasn't ticked up. That key number, 49, I mean, that's obviously the Mendoza line. But I kind of see some points in this game. So, yeah, I'm okay. Let's put it yellow. I don't know if I'm going all in on the green, but it okay. seems like it makes sense. I mean, all the typical things we talk about with not just the 49ers, but road teams, road dogs, all this stuff works in our favor. Yep. All right, last in the 4 o'clock window is the marquee game. There's only three games in the 4 o'clock window this week. Uh, Rams going to Green Bay. You know, we, I talked about it at the top. You know, Green Bay opens a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and, you know, 50-point total in the contest. It's a pick. On the market, it's one to one-and-a-half for the Rams now. So I'm asking you to make sense of this because, look, I guess in kind of general speaking, last year, you know, with Goff, they were a dog on the road at Green Bay. I mean, the teams were equal. Now you've got Stafford. I don't think Stafford's all that great. Now, he's played good against the Ram- I mean, at Green Bay in the, in the past, True. especially at Lambeau. But I guess if the bottom line is if Rodgers is hurt, maybe that's the, the, the way to go. I, then I want to stay away. I just – the pack always cover at home, dude. I mean, you've talked about this a million times. They always cover at home. Yeah, they do have a good home field advantage there. I, I was looking back at the head-to-head, and for some reason I thought these teams have played a lot more recently, but the only recent meeting that really means anything was the playoffs last season. Right. Green Bay got the cover, laying seven points at home. But this is a different Rams team with Stafford at quarterback. You talked about mm-hmm. it. He's used to playing in Lambeau Field, and he's certainly a very large step up from what Goff was at the helm of this team. And I... I just I think that the Packers' defense is supremely overrated, and I I think that the Rams are going to be able to get healthy a little bit in this spot. Now I'm not sure that the running game is necessarily set up to take advantage against the Packers' run defense, but right. Stafford has been really bad the last two outings, and I think that they're going to turn it around this week. Okay, so you're following the. The action. I mean, the people are betting on Rams. Uh, that move, number keeps moving their way. Yeah. Ugh, I'm not but action. I can't do it, bro. Okay. I mean, I, if if you know Saturday morning, we understand that you know whatever Rogers is going to be working on one leg, maybe. Yeah. You know, because then they get after him. But and I know that Jones is out, but I think Dylan's a heck of a running back. I, I just the Rams haven't played well. No, so it's just counterintuitive to me. I, I get what you're saying. Maybe it's a get right spot for them. But I don't know, pack losing two in a row. I don't know. I just yeah. all that stuff's working against me mentally. It's a lot of I don't know. It's a lot of anecdotal data, not necessarily real data, but um I mean full disclosure, I followed Adam Chernoff on Monday morning and took plus two and a half with the Rams. So yes. now the contest is a pick. And you're seeing the number move to the direction of the Rams. They're favored now. Mm-hmm. Which gives me some indication that there may be a bigger picture with Aaron Rodgers here. It's th- the line almost tells you that it's like a middle ground, like half Rodgers in, half Rodgers out. Because yes. if Rodgers is ruled out, you could see this game going to like oh. Rams minus four and a half or five, probably. No question. No question. Well, if he goes to a game time decision, I'm all for it. You yeah. know what I mean? 
Yeah. If I know he's going to be likely ruled out, um, because you know it's a huge step down, you know, <laughs> we go to the backup here. But I just I don't know. Like maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But we've also fallen for this. We've taken the cheese before here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With Murray, we took it with who was the other guy? It was uh, it was Dak. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken this twice this year. I'm not saying that the you know Packers are going to do what those guys did, but I mean we we followed the. We, we thought it was a free square last time, twice. Okay. So I'm willing to stay away from it and just say, okay. look, the pack usually cover at home. They're going to, Jordan Love's not going to cover, but who knows? You know what I mean? He got his one on his system. Yeah. Right, let's talk about the two marquee games. The uh, Cleveland goes to Baltimore. We mentioned this already. Uh, Baltimore opens a five and a half point favorite at home, 48 point total. It's three and a half now in the contest and across the board for the Ravens. And 46 and a half point total. So we still think Lamar is in flux whether he's playing. Um, you know, to me, when I looked at the line from a, you know, it's, it's right on the number where it should be at three and a half. So five and a half would have been great for the Cleveland, but three and a half seems like the right market, even if Lamar does play. So I'm not sure it's a great pick either way. Yeah. I'm really thinking this is a stay away spot. I mean, the number, this, spread tells you that Lamar Jackson is in mm-hmm. I would say I mean they did win the game last week against the Bears with the backup Hundley was it Brett Hundley that ended up starting I don't think it's Brett it's a different Hundley but oh, he was okay. Tyler first start Tyler Hundley maybe that sounds that sounds right anyway he's not Lamar Jackson <laughs> so I this is a really tough game. And the, on the other side, you've got the Browns with so many injuries to Baker Mayfield still on an injury report with his knee. And uh, the, the offensive line is still has some question marks, although I think most of them are going to play Treader and company. Um, I prefer just to stay away too, especially on Sunday night football. It's kind of been our mantra this season and I think it served us pretty well. Yeah, it has. It has. Okay. I'm game. The Monday Night Football matchup is Seattle going across the country to Washington, the football team. Uh, Washington came up, they have two wins in a row. You know, Ron Rivera's got it going. Seattle opened as a three and a half point favorite in this one. I don't know when that was shown. Uh, 48 (laughs) point total. Washington is now a one point favorite in the contest at home. Uh, The market's about one and a half to one and then 46 and a half point total. So the totals tick down. I mean, it's really weird. These metrics, you know, Obviously, the Weggs index isn't perfect, but it does technically have Seattle as a better team. I'm not sure why at all, um, but the line is appropriate, I guess, is what I'm saying. Because I you know, give them a little bit, like basically Seattle would be right. It'd be, a, it'd be about a pick, mm-hmm. which is what you know, at one point pick, it's close. Yeah. But I like Washington. I don't, I don't, I don't know why Seattle. I'm not saying that they they can play good on maybe Monday night for Pete Carroll. It seems like they're swooning a little bit. Washington's got some momentum. They're playing pretty good football right now. Yeah. And Seattle, on the other side, Seattle looks terrible. I mean, yes. they, they got thoroughly dominated by Arizona last week. And I still have question marks about Russell Wilson and his health. Not to, and, and even beyond Russell Wilson, I think the rest of their offense has just been playing very poor lately, Metcalf mm-hmm. included. And uh, – I think that Washington on the other side is a team that's trending positively, and I agree with you. I like Washington in this game. Yeah, so I, I don't really see, you know, I mean, one point's great. It's like a pick 'em. So, you know, that's this this goes against our Monday night, stay away from Monday night mantra, but 
it seems like this would be a sorry Ridgeway, but we like Washington as well. Yeah, definitely. We go in yellow here? I think we can put green on this game. Wow, take that, Ridge. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she'll, she'll text me tomorrow morning when she asks for picks, and I'll say, listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, let's go over our picks that we've gone over today. Uh, there's only, obviously, said 12 games to pick from, so it's limited. We both are, are thinking about New England, uh, although that's a tough number, six and a half at home. Uh, the Giants, we, we kind of like going against this, the, the grain here. Uh, three and a half, they're getting three and a half at home against the Eagles. Um, we both love the Colts here, getting three at home against the Bucks. Um, the two games that are kind of on the, on the cusp for Atlanta, uh, it's a pick against Jacksonville on the road. Carolina being favored two points at Miami. Uh, and then a couple of the other games, Denver, we're, we're kind of all in on Denver plus the three at home against the Chargers. And we just mentioned Washington plus or minus one at home against Seattle. And then the other game that we're definitely contemplating is Minnesota uh, getting the three points on the road against San Francisco. So we've got some more than I thought we'd, we'd have actually action. Yeah. So we got three greens. We just got to decipher some of those yellows for us. Yeah, definitely a healthy menu that we can choose from tomorrow morning. That's right. That's right. Well, let's go over the contest update. Uh, you know, I thought that the the guys would slow down at the top, but my God, action! Uh, 42 and 13 after 55 picks. That's 76.36 percent for the top guy. It's actually one guy now, um, so that's incredible. Uh, you know, we probably can't catch that guy, but who knows? You know, yeah. uh, the top 20, top 50 is really kicking ass too. The 37 and 18 overall, 67 uh, percent. So that's a little high. I mean, that's higher than last year. These guys are really dominating. I do think there'll be a correction at some point. We we're hanging tough with the three and two um, after week 11. That puts us at 52.7%. That's solid. You know, we we, we want to get to 60, mm-hmm. but we're still hanging in the middle there. Still like upper third. You know, 14, 1481st right now. So we've got a couple more weeks in this quarter action, and then you know we've got the five week quarter to finish out. What are you thinking? I think that we need a four and one or a five and zero oh week here to get us right back on track. We do. We do. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think if we can just get, you know, and obviously a lot of it's luck and everything or just whatever. I mean, do I think we were on the right side in that Dallas Chiefs game? Yeah, I think we were. I yeah. mean, they give 19 points to the Chiefs. How do you right. not cover that number? Sure. Um, but, you know, they, they couldn't get it, the score in and, and Cleveland really. I think Cleveland was the one who let us down this time, which yep. is come on, Browns. Yeah, they were so, 13 to 0 at halftime and then they just let up in the second half. Yeah, they're like, uh, they can't score. Well, we're cool with this. <laughs> but anyway. All right, well, you know, enjoy the rest of your trip action. Hopefully you get back safely. Uh, you know, next week we'll have to talk about the schedule cuz I unfortunately I'm doing a not fortunately, I'm I'm going to have a great time, but we're going to Philly for my company party and Nice. Be flying out Thursday afternoon and then being busy on Friday, so we got to work out the schedule. So okay, uh, we'll get it out as soon as we can, America. I know our, our loyal listeners want us, and um, so thanks for listening and spread the joy. We're you know we're doing pretty well. If you're following all of our picks, you know week over week we're doing pretty damn good. Not just the contest picks, and we're giving you good good information. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I I don't know about your bankroll, but my NFL yeah. season has been extremely positive. Had a monster weekend in Vegas as well which uh, helped to mitigate some table game losses. But uh, <laughs> I think that our NFL picks have been very good this season. 
No, I agree. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a, whatever, a lot of units. So 15, 20 units, whatever it is, doing really well. So, nice. yeah. Okay. Well, follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter. Follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And follow me on Twitter at 31S Roberts. All right. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week. Peace out, America. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.